The views expressed in our Chop Talk podcasts are those of the individual participants only and do not necessarily express the views of the Lambda Chi Alpha fraternity or its chapters or members. Our Chop Talk podcasts are intended to be as open and honest with our members as possible, but we acknowledge that certain topics may be sensitive, graphic, or emotionally challenging. Please use your own discretion to avoid any material that you may find potentially painful or difficult. Hey, Taylor. Hey, Mike. How's it going? I'm doing dandy. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Great to hear. Yeah, it's it's not the most beautiful day in the lovely Carmel, Indiana. It's no. a little rainy and, and moist. <laughs> Why'd you have to say voice? I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, we're going to move past that. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of a rainy day. But you know what will uh, help brighten our, our mood? What's that? Talking about belonging. I agree with you. <laughs> it gives me the warm and fuzzies. But yeah, we have a great conversation today uh, ahead of us. And we are going to be talking with Jesse Ashton, who is the Director of Health and Wellness. Mm-hmm. And she's going to be talking a lot about um, Dyad Strategies, our partner, and the brotherhood assessment that comes from them right. um, that kind of assesses belonging, solidarity, accountability, hazing, all that, hazing yes, all that great stuff uh, that goes into making a brotherhood beautiful and strong. Yeah, no, it, it, I, I'm super excited for this conversation. Yeah. Um, all of the surveys that we're doing and data, I think, are so important to, to make Lambda Chi Alpha Absolutely. the premier best organization on this planet. And, yep. and so we are we're taking it one step at a time. All right. Let's get into it. Shall let's, we? Let's do it. And welcome back to the Chop Talk podcast. My name is Michael Covert, joined as always by the lovely Taylor Weitzer. Hello. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We have some good topics today to talk about. We so do. do you want to quickly introduce our guest? Yes, I do. Uh, we are joined today by the equally as lovely Jessie Ashton, and she serves as our Director of Health and Wellness here at Lambda Chi. She does. Office of Administration. Hey, Jessie, how's it going? Good. How are y'all? Doing great. Uh, thank you so much for being here today. We're excited to have this conversation with you. Um, so yeah, as as Mike said, we have um, a variety of great topics to talk about. So kind of what that looks like is Jesse has been working very closely with Dyad Strategies um, to figure out how we can assess belonging uh, in our chapters. So you have been deep in that, deep in the weeds uh, for the past year now, right? Yeah. That's yeah. crazy that it's it's already been a year, um, but it's great great uh, info about how our men are you know belonging. What does that look like? What does that look like on the campus level and at our chapters? Yeah, but before we jump into that, Jesse, give us a quick introduction. Who are you? What do you do? How long have you been with Lambda Chi Alpha? Yeah, absolutely. So I started Lambda Chi at or I started at Lambda Chi in January of 2020. Um, I came, I was working at East Carolina University as the IFC and Panhellenic Advisor and had previously worked at my own headquarters and at Indiana University um, and had always worked in organizational misconduct and really like loved the opportunity for using like the worst experience of a chapter's time to make them better and help them grow and help them evolve. Um, but I also wanted to look at like, what, how do we like prevent that? How do we get to a place where like our chapters are highly functioning at all times to a point where like they don't need to have an incident to learn because they're learning before having to learn it the hard way. Right. Um, and so one of the ways in which we're able to do that is by using this Dyad Brotherhood survey. And that's a huge part of my my role here at Lambda Chi is doing research that focuses on how do we prevent the things that harm our chapters or harm our members. Um, so I oversee this survey and I've had the privilege of working with a doctoral student at Mizzou who is, uh, I'm the qual- qualitative 
uh, data gal and she's our quantitative data gal. And so she runs models on all of our data and we're able to really dive deeper into um, the data Lambda Chi has on each of our chapters to figure out what exactly is driving different behaviors, what exactly is influencing the success of our chapters um, from accounts receivable to recruitment to um, what we're going to talk a lot about today in, yeah. in that belonging piece. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's that's great to get that all of that background information. So, you know, a lot of campuses, um, I think and many people mm-hmm. during COVID, you know, life kind of shut down, right? And so we weren't on campuses. We were isolated. We were, you know, in quarantine. Um, so coming back from that, this is really the first semester that a lot of campuses um, and students are coming back. So from your perspective, from that health and wellness perspective, what does that look like for us with all of our men kind of coming back and maybe some of them being on campus for the first time ever? Yeah. Yeah. And we have like two classes of students who have never had a like normal college party right. or a normal homecoming or a normal Halloween. We have never, um, we have a, a couple junior senior classes who missed out on mm-hmm. their sophomore, junior, yeah. freshman year and they're trying to make up for it. And, right. um, and then we have, I think one of the people that I worry about the most are our alphas who are like, we want to have fun, <laughs> but we want to have safe fun. Yes. And we want to balance, like, how do we, like, transition back? But also recognize that, like, this is – we still have to be safe. Right. Like, what happened pre-COVID and what happened po- what happens post-COVID or while we're still – wherever we are with COVID, um, it's really valuable to, like, still focus on safety and how do we focus mm-hmm. on health and wellness within that. And so I know our alphas are in a really big challenge right now of mm-hmm. supporting their chapters – um, and embracing this opening up of the world while also maybe learning from the past two years of right. of how we can do things um, in a hybrid model sometimes or, or what, what does that look like and how do we um, enhance safety as we come back? Yeah, absolutely. So in your opinion, um, how do you think that this semester – maybe different than other semesters um, in terms of, you know, our men specifically, um, and what does that look like? Yeah, so I I have a – I'm a little bit nervous about this semester, <laughs> especially as we head into October. I mean, oh, we've got sure. Halloween and homecoming, and mm-hmm. that's typically like a high – social time and And new members have just joined yes exactly and everyone's excited (laughs) and they're learning like what it means to be in college and then and they're learning like usually our sophomores have been there done that and are able to mentor our um freshmen or our new members associate members and we don't have we're learning from our juniors who Mm -hmm. may feel cheated and like those are value like valid feelings and so how do we balance the um again that like wanting to get back on the horse with like maybe starting at a trot instead of a full sprint. And so, <laughs> right. um, that is a, that has been a huge thing for, for our team and our focus and really trying to give chapters the resources. And we are lucky. We have Tim as a training specialist for yeah. IOTAS who can help reframe what risk looks like and, and helping chapters navigate that on a campus. Um, we are trying to, we've embedded a lot of like resources with our perfect brotherly love series yep. of this is how you can talk about each of these dynamics of the collegiate experience that I can't emphasize enough. We want you to have, but we, 
want you to have in a, in a safe way. And yeah. so um, I think that that is, that is the big, big message we're pushing out is please use our resources, right? Use the things that we have to offer you. And also like give yourself grace as you kind of learn how to navigate these things and ask for help. We are totally like we have been through multiple college um, years and mm-hmm. you don't like you, your sophomores are great, but like learn from someone who's gone through 14 years of first fall of college. Like I, yeah. like we have some people here on here, here on our team who, who can give you those resources. And so that's our hope is that our students lean on us and knock on wood. Um, we've had a, <laughs> I, I feel like our men have done a really great job of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been really helpful. Yeah, I think it's super important, too, to understand that, like, we are not here to get anyone in trouble. We are here to support and educate. um, And reaching out to us ahead of time is super important. Oh, absolutely. um, Because we would rather coach you through an opportunity or or an issue that you you think may come up or that you might be having. Right. Instead of find out on the back end and then have to go through more education and, and other different things with maybe the campus then now now they require you to do all of these different fraternity education sessions and all of that like we would rather do that on the front end mm-hmm. give you the knowledge that you need so you can plan a successful event and no one gets hurt and i think that's right. our main goal is to make sure that everyone is safe and and, and that we're, we're not injuring anybody in any way yeah. yeah well and to that point too you know like we're not trying to be like the big bad wolf, the police, you know, we, we only succeed if our men succeed. Right. So we are all about the education, like Mike said, um, and really just being proactive. And I think that, you know, Jesse, with this, um, partnership with Dyad and trying to understand, you know, what motivates our members, what that belonging piece looks like, I think is super cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's something that I, I wanted to get into. So, you know, we've been talking a lot about, belonging but what does that really mean what does that piece mean in terms of our members yeah there's a great uh Brene Brown TikTok about belonging and belonging is the opposite of fitting in it's mm-hmm. being able to be 100% who you are and still feel like you belong to be a part of a group so okay. um, I can be authentically my quirky weird sometimes aggressive sometimes assertive self um, and I am still accepted for being that person in a group full of people who are also accepted for being themselves. Right. And one of the core tenets of that belonging is being able to be vulnerable and being able to be like, because it takes vulnerability to be authentic to yeah. who you are. Mm-hmm. And and so um, our groups with high sense of belonging, like I see them embracing brothers who come from different walks of life, who have different identities that are intersecting at different points of their college career. And um, our, our, our chapters that have the high sense of belonging have a higher sense of affinity. I see they have stronger alumni bases. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will, I'll give a shout out to our, our Arkansas men. They, they really do a great job of this and yeah. you can see it in the way that like every time you talk to a brother from there, like they are shouting out another brother or they're talking right. about the ways in which they learn from one another. And, and that belonging is, is huge. Um, to their success and they've been through a lot in the last five years mm-hmm. and and their growth and evolution has been pivotal um that belonging has been pivotal to their growth and evolution yeah absolutely so we we talked a lot about this dyad brotherhood survey why is it important for us to to survey our members and find belonging and different things along those lines like why why mm-hmm. do we need to do that 
Yeah, um, I truly believe that we can't, and Troy and Jeff talk about how data, we have to follow the facts and follow the data, and that's how we're going to be able to make change. And so I can say that I see something in a chapter, or I can tell that they have XYZ or they're doing XYZ really well, but having the data and the numbers to back it up. And we're even, we're even able to go so micro as to look at the item level data. So if you respond to, I feel supported by my brothers, does that influence whether or not you also feel like you can hold your brothers accountable. Right. And if those two things connect, then we know that like belonging is just as important to accountability as other pieces of brotherhood. And right. so we know, um, so so the survey really gives us the data to back up and help chapters tell their stories. Um, I've seen chapters use this in recruitment to be like, we have the highest net promoter score on our campus. Of all the chapters that participate in the Dyad Brotherhood survey, like. Lambda Chi has the highest net promoter score. We are giving our brothers the the best experience on this campus. Um, I've also seen chapters be like, hey, like we want to work on XYZ and we think you can be a part of that in the recruitment process. Mm -hmm. So it also gives a jumping off point of setting goals and really helping like chapters improve. And um, one of my favorite parts about Lambda Chi is that I truly think that men who commit to Lambda Chi are always searching to be better no matter how good they are. So yeah. even our best chapters are always searching to like find ways to to be even better. And um, this gives you a jumping off point. Like if you're, right. your belonging score isn't at a five out of five yet, how do we make it go there? Yes. Um, if your accountability score isn't at a five out of five yet, how do we get it there? Um, and I think contextualizing this is really important because – an experience of a chapter member at a small private is going to be very different from an experience of a chapter member at a large SEC school. Sure. And so balancing, like, what does your experience look like contextualized on your campus? And how do you compare to some other groups on your campus? But then how do you compare to Lambda Chi as a whole? And, right. And who do you want to be and how mm-hmm. do you reach that? So you can look at chapters across the country and be like, I want to be like them. They seem to be doing cool things. And try and mirror what what they look like and use numbers to do that Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely um so i think that we've gotten a really good idea of you know what the belonging piece is but what specifically goes into this and how do we measure that yeah so the belonging level data talks a lot about like i can be authentically myself around my brothers i feel supported by my brothers i um don't feel like I have to fit in to spend time with my brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it comes from the research has shown that like vulnerability, so moments of vulnerability and right. Dyad's uh, founder likes to talk about how with men, this happens around a fire. There's something about men in a fire and you stand <laughs> around a fire. You're and, not wrong. No, it's like there's something cathartic and, and, right. and dudes open up and start talking about like the most impactful thing that happened to them or, um, and, and I, I have experienced this. So like it's, I don't think it's just a men thing, but like being able to stand and be vulnerable and you don't have to make eye contact necessarily. So that like takes you off guard a little bit, but you can like stare at a fire and share deep parts about who you are and and things that you struggle with and things that you're proud of. And, and those big moments can be a really pivotal part to like really feeling like it's hard to hate people up close. Like Mm -hmm. the more you get to know someone, the more intimate you're able to get with like people's stories the more you can feel like you can be yourself around them. And for sure. if I share something intimate with someone and they don't reject me for that or they embrace mm-hmm. me on the – alternatively, if they embrace me for that, then I am going to feel safer 
there and mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to be more vulnerable. And as a person who struggles a lot with vulnerability, it's interesting that my work centers around encouraging people to be vulnerable and then it brings that out of me. And I, yeah. and I have seen that like the people I am most vulnerable, vulnerable with, the people that I'm most authentically myself with, I get the most return on that investment in the relationship. And I think we're seeing that with our chapters of High Senses of Belonging. Yeah. Well, and how cool for you that you get to see this, you know, lived out through our men and then you can then apply that to your own life. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, I think, too, is is we're starting to see our values actually in action, Mm -hmm. which I think is super important. We preach these values for for quite some time. And and I think now we're actually seeing the data that we are doing it and yeah. going back to the the around the fire thing i think it also gives people the opportunity to have those tough conversations right that they normally wouldn't have just face to face it gives them a time to open up to the group and then now the group knows maybe what bothered this individual or, or what maybe are, are some of the pet peeves or some of the things that they're going through and it gives everyone an opportunity to really see the inside of that person and, and who they really are which i think is is so cool like even as an undergrad when i was going uh, when i was in the chapter it, it was we had opportunities like that and it was so cool to hear some stories or have people open up to where you you've had that intimate level with yeah. them and, and, and it just it really did make it a stronger bond and i think it's so important well and it's something as simple as like we have a team member. We did a special item thing with our team to build like community on our team last year. And someone brought a tie clip that was like their special item and the most important thing to them. And what we learned is like that was symbolic of his relationship with his grandpa and how mm-hmm. valuable their relationship was and how close they were. And this was this person is someone he looked up to. And and that's not like, you know, it's not like super um, – it's not dark or, or sad or or hard, but yeah. it, and it's also not like super, super positive and light. It's just like this is a part of him that he was willing to share with us and we were able to learn a little bit more about him. Now when he wears the tie clip, it's like, that's really cool. Like mm-hmm. I know It's like, oh, I know what this means. I know like this like that that's important to you and maybe yeah. that's giving you confidence today, or maybe that's like giving you that extra oomph yeah. to like feel like strong today or you're missing him and and this is the one connection point you have today yeah like this is my point of comfort for today yeah and so and like that it to me is like well wow that's really powerful that we get to like know that about him and that he was able to share that with us um so I I think one of the things I get scared about when I tell people like go be vulnerable is like they feel like they have to like like, like bear drop, their soul dro- well, and drop all of their <laughs> yeah. like everything that they've ever yeah. experienced and everything they've ever struggled with and like we are not therapists. We are not mental health mm-hmm. professionals. So right. like there's a, there's boundaries that need to exist there. And there's things that we're able to share and not able to share. And so what I love to see is like, we like intimacy looks different for everyone. Mm-hmm. And what I'm willing to share versus what someone else is willing to share is going to be different. And that is the beauty of this, right? right. Is like vulnerability for uh, one of my team members, Sarah, like looks a lot different than my vulnerability. Like right. we are on totally different scales mm-hmm. But both are beautiful and both are really meaningful. And belonging means that it doesn't matter what your authentic vulnerability is. It just matters that like you're able to be authentic in that vulnerability. And mm-hmm. I and I, I really appreciate that and love that about this concept. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that that for me brings up 
um, a second piece of this, which is um, something that you and I, Jesse, have worked um, really closely on, is the mental health toolkit that we just yes. um, rolled out. And that was so exciting because I think a lot of this um, is mirrored in that of like, how do you have these vulnerable conversations? How do you open up? Where's that starting point mm-hmm. to really connect with your brothers or your friends or family, whoever it might be? Um, so why don't you talk about the importance of how, you know, mental health goes hand in hand with um, with this dyad um, brotherhood assessment and and this data that we've been talking about. Yeah, and I'm so glad you asked that because we actually added a couple questions to the survey. I didn't want to make it too much longer, but <laughs> we wanted to dive deeper into like our our mental health data. We yeah. we know as as people have heard me say a million times through that one video of we know our brothers want to help each other. We know that they feel like they have the resources to help each mm-hmm. other, but we know there's also a gap that exists and, right. and we're not seeing that help being asked for. And so um, our hope is that, and um, Taylor made this incredible mental health toolkit for all of you, um, is that you can start norming asking for help. Yes. And so using your social media platforms, you can post these pre-made pieces. Um, and you can encourage your brothers to ask for help. And one of the resources I've seen on college campuses is the QPR method. So it's quest question, persuade, refer. Is that, I hope I'm getting that right. Um, Mike will look it up. Mike, Mike is going to double check. (laughs) He's doing some Googling. I could be wrong on the P, but like, (laughs) I think the referral part is the most important piece there of like, you are not, I'm not expecting any mental health chairs or I'm not expecting any mental health, um, professionals in our chapters. I'm encouraging y'all like, how do you get your brother to like open up and share, like I'm Mm -hmm. struggling. And then where do you take him next? And what do you ask for next? And we offer the U lifeline here at Lambda Chi Alpha. And and that is an awesome resource. Your campuses have resources. And if you are struggling to find the resource, like we want to help you figure that out. And Mm -hmm. we will work with our friends at Jed. We'll work with our campus partners. Um, So if you're, if you know a brother is struggling, please reach out to myself, um, anyone at the Office of Administration, like we truly want to make sure that we get you to where you need to go um, with as little steps in the process to getting there as possible. And yes, and that belonging and ability to be vulnerable opens people up to being able to say, it's been a really rough week. I'm really struggling. Yep. And and that's how we, I mean, save lives, frankly, and, Absolutely. and, and make people feel safer and, and support our brothers, which is ultimately what this is all about. Yep, absolutely. And I think that that's such an important piece um, that you just said, Jesse, is, you know, we're not expecting everyone to be a therapist or, you know, a mental health professional. Um, This is just really a a jumping off point. And, you know, we can help our brothers and our members get to the help that they need. Um, I think that that is such an important distinction um, because, you know, personally, and the way my personality is like I just want to help you you know like I want to I want to help you I want to make it right but sometimes that's not always the best thing to do right so having that um almost permission to say okay I know where to start I know you know how to get this conversation started this is kind of getting out of my you know my wheelhouse let's go get you help you Mm -hmm. know so I, I think that that's, that's a great, great part of that. Yeah, I think so too. And, and we were right. Question, perf, uh, persuade, refer. Woo, so perfect. We're good Love there. that. Love uh, that. The other thing I would say too is, is that we use the term brother. And yeah. I, I think people, and I've said this on other podcasts too, is yeah. we, we use this term. Um, 
and this term is used as in a family, right? Your brother is, is somebody who is part of your family, someone you can look to, someone you look to for support. Yep. Um, and I, I feel that we use this term so lightly sometimes in our organization, but it, it needs to be focused on that this, this group of people that you have now said are your family, that are your brothers, you should be able to open up to them. You should yes. be able to have those tough conversations. You should be able to walk into their room and cry. You should be able to walk in the room and say, hey, I'm just having a shitty day. I need help. Yeah. I just need to talk to somebody or whatever it may be. But these need to be those people. And if they're not, then maybe you're not like part of the right organization. Right. Or, or you have not found the right group of people to support you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's really where like when I traveled as a consultant, I always told people, I was like, these need to be your people. Yeah. The people that you can look up to, look to for support. And, and, mm-hmm. and so if, if you're not seeing that, like. It may not be the right fit, and, and maybe you're, you 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 didn't find the right group. And, and as an associate member, you should be looking at those things. Yep, absolutely. You know these these should be um, the people that are there for you through thick and thin. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that this kind of helps us transition into the next piece of this conversation, which is you know we've talked about belonging, we've talked about um, all of these great things. But I think on the flip side of that is the hazing aspect. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, where does this turn, you know, where is the tipping point where maybe, you know, with solidarity, um, I know that that's a a big part of this assessment. Where does that turn into hazing? Yeah. And it's interesting because I've been working with our partners at JED and, and some expert or subject matter experts they have there Um, and we've talked about the intersection between hazing and Mm -hmm. mental health and the ways in which um, the two interact and the and the two don't and I think um, so I want to start off by saying like I can't define anyone's experience right Right. so I know that there are folks who have experienced hazing and they probably probably truly believe that like it made them better Um, there and then there are folks who have experienced it and it is a truly traumatic thing for them to reflect on it and I don't get to define folks experiences but I do know that the data says um, that hazing is antithetical to belonging Mm -hmm. and inhibits the ability for chapters to to build belonging Mm -hmm. right especially when we think about like across the brotherhood so we see chapters and it's for associate member classes Um, and we see chapters and it's um, one brotherhood Mm -hmm. and bar none, the chapters that have um, no hazing and are one brotherhood have stronger senses of belonging, have stronger relationships across um, difference, but across like school year. Um, we have freshmen that are tight with seniors and not just their big brothers or someone in their family, but like across the whole the whole board. Right. Um, and so I think that's a really valuable dynamic to, to reflect on is hazing inhibits belonging and so where are we seeing behaviors in our chapters that are getting hazy or are approaching that that boundary and where are we drawing the line yeah um and recognizing that like i know some of our chapter well i, I don't if i knew about it we'd be investigating it but like <laughs> i i can assume that they're that not all of our chapters are perfect and right. doing everything perfectly right now um and like we've had chapters reach out to their coaches in the last truly in the last month and be like hey we are doing this mm-hmm. and we need help because we don't know this has been a part of our culture for the last three years right and we to us it's tradition but we need to address it and we need to fix it and we don't know how and we're like you just took the first step like yeah, you just that's owned that like you are doing something you don't need to be doing and we are now we can fix this and now right. we can address this and so 
I think truly the first, like all the things we've talked about before is like the first step is asking for help. Absolutely. You're not expected to fix the cultural issues in your chapter by yourself. Um, if you're looking at your hazing tolerance or you're looking at your associate member mindset and you are like, I don't love this right. or this doesn't, this doesn't reflect what I want Lambda Chi to be or what I want our um, data to, to show in the story we want to tell reach out and ask for help. Mm -hmm. We are happy to talk through like, what are some things that are going on in your brotherhood that Mm -hmm. we can adjust or tweak? And truly, I would say 90% of the time when I work with chapters to address hazing in their chapters, it's like tweaking a few things. It's reframing a few pieces. Um, I like to believe that our men do not want to hurt one another. Right. um, And that sometimes like hazing is a fun activity that took a couple of turns and turned into something harmful. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if I, if we're able to like take the shame off of that and really embrace like, how do we fix this? We're, we've addressed, we've acknowledged that it's a problem. I think we can really like make some changes in, in some of our chapters that, that struggle here. Absolutely. Um, so we know belonging is antithetical to, I hope I'm using that word right, um, to hazing. Um, And we also know that solidarity, which is a dynamic of brotherhood, one of the four schema of brotherhood. So we have solidarity, shared social experience, belonging and accountability. Mm -hmm. Um, And solidarity is a really interesting one because it is one that like we want to exist. We want you to have solidarity in your brotherhood because that means that like you have one another's back. When someone is struggling, you are there for them. You are supportive of them. You advocate for them. When a brother makes a mistake, as we do in college, you are supportive of him as he learns through that mistake. Um, but what we need with solidarity is a balance of that belonging and accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want, we don't want too much solidarity because too much solidarity means that we're willing to do things that we know are wrong because we want to protect the brotherhood. Right. Um, again, too little and we don't care enough about each other. So there is a true balance. With that, you can accountability is a huge factor there, right? So if we have strong accountability in our brotherhoods, then solidarity doesn't get out of hand because Mm -hmm. we are holding folks accountable to the standards we have set and to the lines we have drawn in the sand. And we're able to navigate um, difficult situations or difficult moments together. Um, We had a chapter who recently had a brother that was uh, accused of sexual assault. And they were like, we are going to hold him accountable as a human. We're also going to like be there for him as he navigates the situation. And we're going to hold him to this higher standard, hold him accountable, and also help him hopefully learn through this so that he can grow as a human. Because he made a mistake, he did something wrong, and he's acknowledged that and he's owned that. And so now we can help him learn from it. Right. Um adjacent to the brotherhood and and I think that's really beautiful because I don't think that we should ever be defined by the worst thing we've ever done mm-hmm. um, I think we can always grow and learn and evolve and not everyone may forgive us but hopefully some people can and, mm-hmm. yeah. and we can be a whole or people after that yeah and you learn from it right so so I think the question too is is, is so we're doing all of this research and all of this data how, how we've talked about how we can tell how good chapters are, are, are doing, how belonging is, is effective and, and all of that. But how can we use this, this information to help predict maybe um, that hazing is going on or that they're, they're going down that trail that could lead to hazing? Yeah. And so one of the things we try not to do is predict anything or use this punitively at all, mm-hmm. only because like 
we want brothers to feel comfortable sharing their actual stories with us and right. we don't want them to be like it to be like a gotcha moment mm-hmm. and so like we're oh like you answer this way um I think when I start seeing like really high hazing tolerance or really high associate member mindsets around social dominance hazing um I'm gonna ask questions and we're gonna have conversations of like what's going on who are we recruiting what is the mentality around associate membership and how do we how do we onboard our members? Um, I think this is where Ideal Man's going to be super valuable to Absolutely. us. Is like that program is going to really help us standardize the onboarding process and help chapters get away from like creative things they've been doing or or folks who aren't education majors or don't have training and development experience writing curriculum that mm-hmm. they don't. Yeah, like it's not necessarily their fault that they don't know how to do this because that's you haven't don't have the training that's that Taylor Crevis does here. And so um, we're going to give you that resource and that opportunity to like standardize that onboarding. Um, But to answer your, so to answer your question, Mike, I think it's looking at those numbers and being like, what is the culture here and who have we recruited Mm -hmm. Um, on our big campuses, on our power five campuses, we are going to see higher levels of some of that because the data shows that we're influenced by our environment. Our mentality is influenced by our campus. And so mm-hmm. at a big school, at a Power 5 conference school, we, without even knowing it or necessarily realizing it, we're going, we may see like, oh, that might be okay, or I'm, I'm comfortable with that, um, and I'll respond accordingly. That doesn't mean that that's going on in your chat campus um, Mm -hmm. or your chapter Um, one of the things one of the chapters that I've seen have the highest hazing tolerance of any other chapter was a chapter I worked with um, and they used to recruit people who had been hazed in other organizations Hmm. and did not and dropped out of those experiences because they did not like the hazing so they said I don't like that this is happening. Mm-hmm. I am not comfortable with this behavior. Right. I am leaving this organization. And the, this one organization was recruiting people who had like actively decided not to be hazed. Hmm. Um, so therefore, those students' hazing tolerance was really high. Right. Because they had experienced a lot of the things that the questions ask. Um, but they weren't, they weren't condoning the behavior. They did not want to participate in the behavior. And so I think contextualizing those those experiences and mm-hmm. that, that data, asking questions, um, and really like our relationships that are being built with our coaches and our training specialists are really helpful in that because it's giving our, our chapter leadership the opportunity to feel open to say like, hey, we're doing this. Is that okay? Yeah. Or like, what does this look like? And it's also giving those training specialists and those coaches the opportunity to say like hey your social dominance like associate member mindset's really high mm-hmm. usually that like illustrates that like your chapter feels comfortable screwing with new members mm-hmm. or right doing or treating people as less than or mm-hmm. et cetera et cetera what is what does that look like and why do you think that is and what can we do to start addressing that yeah um and not in a like put them on um blast kind of way but in a really like hey like let's talk about this and yeah and how do we get a little bit better move the needle a little bit yeah absolutely well and I think that the the creation and the um kind of restructure of our chapter support model is so cool and so helpful with this because now we're actually checking in with these chapters more than like you know three times a year 
where you know we just go and we're like okay here's everything you're doing wrong okay see ya you know and we're actually having these conversations with them Mm -hmm. where they can have these conversations and these questions of like hey is what we're doing okay or how can we get better and that's on more of a weekly basis um and we have these training specialists too that are you know specialized in the offices and they can kind of help our men, you know, navigate these these situations. So I think that's really cool. Definitely. Um, so Jesse, I think that we've talked about a lot of great stuff, and right. you know, all of this this data and and how it can help us. So what would be your advice for you know our men, for our listeners, on maybe how they can become more vulnerable vulnerable with each other, um, and how they can kind of use this assessment to their benefit. Yeah, I think figuring out what your chapter likes to do. So, like, mm-hmm. I th- I always think about, like, people love camp, right? Because, like, you go, you go somewhere. Yeah. You do all these fun activities. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when you're exhausted and your, like, guard's been let down at the mm-hmm. end of the day of, like, having a bunch of fun, you sit around a fire and, like, you have really cool conversations. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, like, the model of camp and or retreats or different things like that really lend themselves to that. And so... When I think about our chapters, I wonder, like, how often are we doing that? Are we going and having, like, a fun day together without substances, without women, but just, like, dudes being dudes together? And then, like, exhausted after having a really fun day, like, standing around a fire and just, like hanging out and chatting and and seeing where that takes you Mm -hmm. it can also be as simple as like we love I love the special item thing of like a chapter meeting where you bring an item that means something to you that's really cool and everyone has three minutes to share what their item Mm -hmm. is and why it's important absolutely um I mean I've had people bring FDR paintings that they got at a like yard sale (laughs) and I've had people bring like jewelry that was special like Mm -hmm. lots of crazy things or lots of things that you would not expect right um our COO Justin Fisher uses his girl dad t-shirt and like hearing those stories and like seeing those parts of people that maybe you don't get to see day in and day out Mm -hmm. can help you really like understand like oh this is where that person's coming from when they show up that way absolutely um I think especially in our bigger chapters but even I mean no matter how what size you are um we're not friends or close with every single person in the chapter. And I don't necessarily expect folks to be, but having that baseline understanding of like, Oh, this is who this person is. And this is where they come from. How does help me, um, like more people. Right. And like have, have, uh, feel supportive of, of more folks and Mm -hmm. engaged in that way. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's ever seen the TV, uh, TV show, Ted Lasso. Oh yeah. Love Ted Lasso. They they have a a (laughs) moment like this in, in the show where, Everyone brings an item yes. of, of theirs that is special to them. And then they all share about it in, in, in the locker room. They ultimately burn them, which I wouldn't recommend doing. <laughs> but uh, no. but I, I think it is a really cool moment. It's a, a moment that brings the team together yes. um, where one individual becomes the team captain and understands his role. And it's just a, it's a really good show. If you haven't seen Ted Lasso, we're not sponsored by Apple. <laughs> but if we were, I would also be advertising either way. But yes. I, I do recommend watching Ted Lasso, it's a fantastic show. Well, and I think that bringing up Ted Lasso, that's that's a great um, example of kind of a brotherhood, right? Yes. You're, you're a team, yes. right? You're, you're a team, whether that's on the sports um, side of things or in a chapter, you are a team, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to support each other. 
um, to get to that ultimate goal, whether that's, you know, winning a match, whether that's doing well on your brotherhood assessment, you have to support each other. So I think that that's a great example. Well, and that's like, that's why I joined my sorority was I had always been a part of a team all through high school, all through middle school. My whole life I'd been part of teams Mm -hmm. and moved 3000 miles away from home and was like, I do not have a team. (laughs) I'm going to find one. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And like, I think a lot of our brothers have similar experience. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not necessarily like a sports team, but it's something else that they were a part of or always a part of like an activity and then get to college. And there's so much freedom and these fraternities Mm -hmm. create a sort of structure. Um, and I really, I really truly believe that like you, you can be the, what are they? Um, greyhounds or I don't yes, even know. Yes. The, the Richmond greyhounds, the Richmond greyhounds, <laughs> um, of your campus. Yeah. And I would say on, on, while we're on Ted Lasso, my favorite <laughs> quote right now from that show is, um, be curious, not judgmental. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think this vulnerability really like embodies that right like mm-hmm. if we are curious about one another if we ask each other questions and try and get to know each other better um it takes away the like judging of like yep. i that brother's not showing up to things or that brother doesn't care or mm-hmm. that brother xyz um no like ask questions and and ask questions of your brothers and ask people if they're okay and if if they're really okay or yeah um taylor posted a bunch of different things you can say instead of how are you to yep. check in on a brother and please use our social media to to kind of use some of those tips definitely gonna make me cry jesse <laughs> i can't tell you how many times i've like almost cried on this podcast <laughs> you know talking about being vulnerable right. um but no this is this has been a great conversation so mike what is your biggest takeaway from today um it, i think it's going to come from Ted Lasso as well. <laughs> um, it's a great show. Uh, but one thing I would say is, is you don't know what's going on in someone else's life unless mm-hmm. you ask them. Um, and if you see something different or you see somebody not having a good day, it, it is okay to say, hey, is everything all right? If you need to talk, I'm here for you. Right. Um, don't force them into a conversation, but let them know that you are available to just to listen. Yeah. Like you, you may not have the right answer for them and don't go into the situation thinking that you do. Right. Just be there to listen. Well, and I think that going off of that, one question that I've learned um, and is one of my favorites is how can I support you? You know, it's that looks different for every single person. So just asking, you know, how can I show up for you? How is the most productive way for me to support you? Right. I think is a great place to start. So thank you. Jesse, what is your uh, biggest takeaway from today? Um, Your voice matters. So I, this is a shameless plug that everyone should, to take the survey and participate yes, um, because the higher percentage we have from your brotherhood, the more representative it is of your brotherhood. And Absolutely. The more we're able to embed that in what we do. And I can tell you that diet is informing decisions we are making. When I go to Troy and I'm like, we need to do this. I'm able to do that because of the things we're learning from diet. Mm-hmm. And so um, please take the survey. Your voice matters. And we want to hear from you mm-hmm. and we want to know what's driving your experience, what could be better and how we, can help your chapter and help you make your experience better so yeah you have till october 31st (laughs) please take it yes and we will in the um, description of this podcast we'll link it and have some more information about the assessment so yeah that's that's totally totally accurate you know we want to hear hear your voice and and make this brotherhood a a better experience for everyone yeah awesome well jesse thanks for joining us today yes thank you great conversation yeah thank y'all so Taylor, that was a fun conversation. I, I I'm glad yes. we got to talk about Ted Lasso. That was fantastic. <laughs> Me too. I just love 
Ted Lasso. I do too. I'm going to plug it again. If you've not watched it, um, please find your way to Apple TV and watch it. Yes. Because I, I really do think that it gives us a really good example of a lot of things we were talking about mm-hmm. in terms of like, you know, belonging, solidarity, um, you know, how we show up for our brothers. What hazing looks like. What and, hazing looks and like. And like yeah. how, how, how to prevent it. How, how yeah. do, it only takes one person to, to stand up and say, hey, this is not right. Knock right. it off. Right. Exactly. Um, and I think that, you know, bringing home that point too of we're we are here for you. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to see you succeed. Um, and having these coaches and these training specialists uh, really in, the, in your back pocket um, is so helpful, I think, because you can have those conversations of, hey, I think that we're straying a little far into, you know, something that might be considered hazing. Yeah. Can I can I chat with you about that? Yeah. Um, on a weekly basis. And I think that that's that's so cool. And that's something that, you know, from my perspective of leaving Lambda Chi and coming back um, and having this brand new model has impressed mm-hmm. me the most. Yeah. No. And, and a lot of things we talked about, too. I think the survey is so cool being mm-hmm. able to. Um, see where our chapters are and, and yeah. give people a forum to, to express themselves in, in, in an open and honest way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think exactly. it's, it's so cool. So I'm, I'm glad that we started doing this. Me too. And I and exactly like Jesse said, you know, we want to hear your voice. Um, and this is a place where it's not a, a gotcha moment. So right. you can be honest. Yeah. And we just really want to use this information to make the brotherhood better and stronger for for our members and be more you know, open and honest and vulnerable. Right. Right. So yeah, I, I think that this, this assessment is going to help us tons, uh, for the future of Lambda yeah, Kai. Definitely. Cool. So is there anything else you got? Other than go Greyhounds. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, October 31st. Yes. Uh, deadline. So please complete your surveys before then. Yep. And like I said, we will, we'll link some information, um, in the description of this podcast so you can um, find more information about that and, and complete it. Um, and you should be getting um, links mm-hmm. specific to your chapter. So be on the lookout for those. If you haven't, reach out to your chapter support coach yep. and they yep. will, they'll get you the information that you need. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. So on behalf of myself, Taylor, and everyone here at the Office of Administration, thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.